So you got a flag down. Oofside. Everyone but the center. Offense. Welcome to Oofsides. We're back, baby. It's season three. Here with Dewey and Garrett. How y'all doing? We're doing this uh, again? I'm alive, I think. Ba- back uh, by unpopular demand, us. Yeah. Yeah. And we are embarking on a uh, a new venture. We're on JTN2 now. Uh, if you're listening to the audio show, it'll still be in the same place. Uh, but the YouTube upload is going to be over on here on JTN2. We are uh, embarking on uncharted territory. The the I guess you could say the groundwork of this podcast has changed. Much like the groundwork of the NFL itself has changed. The biggest story of the offseason, Tom Brady seven-time Super Bowl champ, has officially retired. The GOAT has hung it up. Finally. A long 20-year career is finally over. Uh, Are you sure about that? I don't see that in my notes. You sure about that? What? He's retired. That man came back. What? He didn't like his family, so he came back. Hang on. Yeah. Are Are you fucking with me right now? Uh, no. no, I am not greebling your cube. This is this is legit. Didn't he, he was going to be on the Masked Singer? Didn't he? Re- well, tough shit. Oh my the God. only thing he's, that was being masked was his plan to come back. He's back. Yo. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! I thought we got rid of this guy. Congratulations, NFC South and the rest of the NFL. You have him yep. back. Again. Well, good win, Brady. Good. It looks like. He's he's plotted his greatest comeback yet. Uh, anyway, this was a bit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> biggest news story. Sorry, what you say? I was just thinking about like every like when he announced that he was coming back. It's just every every team is just lining up already, saying "Good game, good game, good game." Yeah, like getting ready. To- and now they're and now they're just lined up saying "Son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, continue. <laughs> So that was the biggest news story of the offseason. Tom Brady retired all the way back in like February. And then uh, it got spoiled by Adam Schefter. And I honestly think he came back just to spite Adam Schefter because literally 40 days later, he came back. Um, That would be pretty funny if they interview him in like 10 years and like, oh, yeah, I I fucking I hate that guy. Yeah, and that's why I came back. The uh, the other interesting wrinkle in it, though, was that Bruce Arians retired in that window and then. There's all these reports about there being a beef between Arians and Brady. And as soon as Arians is gone, oh, look at that. Brady's back. Oh, funny how that works. Guess who's back? Yeah. So. People said the same thing with Brady and Belichick. It's like maybe someday if you say it enough times, you'll, yeah. start, to, you'll start to believe it, you know? Yeah. So uh, honestly, I think this is this is right here. The the last run. But I mean. I honestly would not be surprised if he the last year, the last decade. Yeah. I mean, he's still like a top five quarterback in the league. He was arguably the best quarterback last year and he was 44. Yeah. He drags every team kicking and screaming into the playoffs. Huh? Yeah. So, and it was funny because there were so many free agents that were like considering leaving. And then as soon as Brady came back, like, People like Leonard Fournette, and I think uh, there's one guy on the defense all immediately resigned, and they're like, "Oh hell yeah, we're doing this again!" <laughs> yeah, another ring, baby. <laughs> yeah. So that was that. Brady's back. Part of me thinks it. 
part of me thinks that this is the last year, but I also think it would be really funny if he just hung around for another five years. <laughs> so I would not be opposed. Yeah. Uh, one quarterback who is not staying in the same place, though. Uh, the power struggle between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll is finally over, and Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos. And you know, you know who got the Seahawks got in return. Oh yeah, that's right. Drew Locke, the vision, and and Noah Fant, but yeah, yeah, we don't we don't look Seahawks out here trading a Hall of Fame starting quarterback for a guy that's gonna back up Geno Smith in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, they they traded for a dude that's not even starting. Look at that. Yeah. There there are some draft picks thrown in there too, but yeah, that's the <laughs> the immediate effect of all that. Nope. So. Only focus on quarterback carousel. True. Yeah. So that kicked off the. Uh, incredibly exciting quarterback controversy or quarterback battle of Geno Smith versus Drew Locke. And it was funny because there is this anonymous poll done by like every single coach, including like coordinators and positional coaches and everything in the NFL. And they had, they basically did like a tier ranking of or a tier list of every single quarterback in the NFL. And they ranked, I think 35 of them. And do you want to know who quarterbacks 34 and 35 on that list were? You know, Smith and Drew Locke. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, according the to the NFL coaches, the Seahawks have literally the two worst quarterbacks in the league. So that's saying a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it is. It's Pete Carroll's fetish to to win nine games with with Geno Smith as a starting quarterback. So. Surprisingly, you assume they'll get to nine because yeah. I don't even think they're going to get to like six. Well, it's funny because like everybody thought DK Metcalf was out, but he signed like this big extension to stay in Seattle. And I'm like, all right, they better. They probably got a good plan, but to, to convince him to stay. But it's not looking great right now. So. I can't imagine either of those two being the starter for more than a year. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it's purely... be one unhappy camper if that's a long term thing. Yeah, I think they're purely a bridge quarterback. And with all those first round picks, they can go get a quarterback in next year's draft. So or the year after that or whatever. So. Or even trade up for one. Just yeah. something that or even if they want to trade for somebody, they have the the capital to, uh, you know, to trade for somebody big who could be a free agent next year. So. Or not, not be a free agent, but looking at their way out. Um, the guy who everybody thought was going to go to Denver was Aaron Rodgers. He stayed put, but uh, his receiver did not because Devontae Adams is now a Las Vegas Raider. Um, he asked for his way out. Um, he wanted to go play with Derek Carr more than Aaron Rodgers, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, the all-star quarterback. Yeah. Uh, there is a really funny back and forth thing where they were asking Devonte Adams about that. And he said, or basically that he was going from hall of famer to hall of famer. And then <laughs> they asked Rogers about going from Devonte Adams to Alan Lazard. And he said the same thing. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. I love a good jab. Oh yeah. Uh, the well, other Aaron big name doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 True. Yeah, he's, what's the uh, he's just been doing hallucinogenics over <laughs> off season. Where was it? He went. <laughs> he's just like out in nature somewhere. What does he do? Oh, my God. 
Rogers talk is, to uh, Joe Rogan. That's about all I know. Yeah. Um, two other big name receivers who moved as well were uh, uh, AJ Brown got traded the night of the draft to the Philadelphia Eagles and or from the Titans and uh, Tyreek Hill requested a trade out of Kansas City and it was a bidding war between the Jets and the Dolphins. He is now in Miami with the Dolphins uh, and has been gassing up to uh, if you haven't been following uh, to and on in this offseason. Uh, he described Tua as being, quote, the most accurate quarterback in the league. Mm. So I hope he lives up to it because there's a lot of pressure on him this year. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get to that little spoof in a bit. Yeah. Run through every team on this massive list. Yeah. Uh, so that was that. It's it's just been like an ongoing thing. We've got a lot of salty Tua as well. And somebody... Yeah, do we want to talk about something else salty that went on with the Dolphins? I was just going to just segue <laughs> right into that because the Dolphins uh, former head coach, Brian Flores, who I don't know if we ever did an episode talking about him getting fired because it was a surprise to everybody. And then we kind of found out why. And there's a lot of details to this, and maybe we'll have to come back on like a slow news week and talk more about this. But essentially the TLDR is that Brian Flores was fired by the Dolphins at the end of a cons- two consecutive winning seasons where they barely missed out on the playoffs. Uh, and then Flores sued the NFL for uh, racial or not racial profiling, but um, basically. I don't know. I don't know how to word what I'm trying to say, but it all got kicked off because Bill Belichick texted the wrong Brian in his phone. Part of me thinks it was intentional because the Dolphins just so happened to be his his division rival. But he texted Brian Flores, basically congratulating him on getting the New York Jets job or New York Giants job. Uh, and then Flores responded, was like, oh, I'm going to interview with them right now. And then he asked, he was like, wait, is this do you think you're talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? And then Belichick was like, oh, I'm sorry, I texted the wrong person. And basically what they're alleging is. Because of the Rooney rule, you have to interview a certain number of minority candidates for any coaching position. And what Brian Flores is alleging is that the Giants basically interviewed him with no intention of hiring him because they had already made up their mind on Brian Dable. And this kind of lawsuit is the thing that would get you blackballed from the league. And like while this whole thing was going on, uh, Mike Tomlin hired him to come coach on the Steelers, which is awesome. But it went another layer deep because Flores accuses Steven Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, of paying him an extra hundred grand for every game that he lost in 2019. And Flores refused to do that because that's why they got on their hot streak at the end of that year. And so that kind of got him off to a bad standing with the owner. And then there was the allegations that Steven Ross had been tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton trying to get them to come to the team after 2019. And Flores apparently wanted nothing to do with that, which included a meeting on a boat that he just like dipped from because when he found out what was happening, uh, it's a whole messy situation. Uh, the Dolphins got fined for tampering, although it was basically the NFL's way of finding them for like, don't ever say that you're or don't pay people to lose games but there's no rule and the rule like says they can't do that so they're like all right well we'll find you for tampering instead but know what it's actually for so it's a whole messy situation um 
Yeah, that's the TLDR of it. Yeah. Inter interesting note about that lawsuit, too. Uh, if anybody remembers Steve Wilkes, who was the head coach of the Cardinals for that single year that yeah. Josh Rosen was there before they hired Kingsbury, he joined that lawsuit a couple months after it got filed, and I think a former referee did, too. Yeah, because I remember when Steve Wilkes got hired or got fired, everybody was like, okay, so they basically brought him in to just be a bridge quarterback. Um, it was like what the Texans did last year with David Culley, and then they threw him to the curb and just promoted Lovey Smith. Which, so th what's even fu what's funnier about that is the Texans looked like they were going to hire Josh McCown to be their head coach. Like they looked like they were fully set to do that. And then this lawsuit dropped. And then they went out and hired Lovey Smith, who they had not mentioned a single time and nobody was interviewing almost. And it kind of seemed like a really cynical way of the Texans just be like, oh, look, look at our minority head coach. We're not doing that totally as they were getting <laughs> ready to hire somebody who's never coached above high school. So it's crazy, but it unearthed a lot of like ugly secrets in the NFL. So which, which isn't to say that Josh McCown wouldn't be a bad head coach, but. You, know, you should probably get a couple of assistant jobs first before yeah. immediately just becoming the head coach of a goddamn NFL team. Like you're skipping a couple too many steps here. Yeah, it's I believe that you should always hire the person who's most fit for the job, regardless of what color your skin is. Right. And. But the fact that people like Brian Flores and Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich are all getting passed over for head coaching positions, and then meanwhile Josh McCown is in position to get a head coaching job before them, is insane. Again, because he's never coached above high school. I think he could be a great coach, but he he's got to put in the work first, like these other guys have. And then you see the guys that got hired this cycle, and you know there were other coordinators like Nathaniel Hackett, Matt Eberflus, a couple other guys. Like they were coordinators, they were probably could do decent in their jobs, but it's still interesting though that none of the minority ones that have always been talked about. Yeah, Jim ended Caldwell up got any jobs in this cycle. Jim Caldwell got fired for going nine and seven, and he can't find a job. He hasn't coached in like six years. The Lions yeah. owner must have some dirt on him because yeah. holy shit, that dude is would be at least a top 15 top 20 coach in the nfl right now yeah if employed it, it's just a crazy situation i think the best part about it though was when hugh jackson tried to jump in on it and was like oh yeah the browns also paid me to lose games and they were like really and he was like uh <laughs> no <laughs> so and then he accidentally admitted to tax fraud which was funny also and now he's coaching a grambling state yeah Good old Hugh Jackson. Yeah, and they just lost very badly in week one of college football. So I don't think you needed to pay Hugh Jackson to lose extra games is what I'm getting at. Well, so. no, well <laughs> if, if we're being honest, he already was being paid to lose games. Yeah, they because just they were going to lose <laughs> lose anyway. So yeah, <laughs> so pay him to fill the I mean, the fact like if Brian Flores got fired after consecutive winning seasons, Hugh Jackson went one and 15, kept his job, went 0 and 16 and then kept his job again. You can't complain about that. No, like he had some of the best job security in the NFL. <laughs> and I think he, the, the Browns were like two and five when he got fired. So they fired him when he had double the, the amount of wins, wins they had over the previous two years combined. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh? I love you, Jackson. Oh, man. I miss him. Uh, speaking yeah, of the Browns, though. Yeah, let's spin this into mm. another Browns controversy. So, again, 
last season, uh, y'all watched me uh, basically lose my shit as the Browns basically just kept letting an injured Baker Mayfield embarrass himself and sink the team's playoff chances week after week. And I said for like two months, just just put the guy on fucking ER and start Case Keenum, right? Part of me still thinks the team did that to justify getting rid of him because uh, as soon as they were eliminated from playoff contention, they benched him for, for week 18. And... It became clear afterwards because the Browns were toying around with the idea of moving on from Baker Mayfield, which I get. You know, there's a lot of things that you can criticize Baker Mayfield for. You could argue that he's not turned out to be what the Browns invested in him, right? But the way they went about it to basically tell him, oh, yeah, we're totally fine with you being our starting quarterback unless we get somebody who's elite, which is basically like telling your girlfriend that you'd only dump her for a supermodel. Mm-hmm. Um, still not a good thing to say either make a decision move on from the guy or or keep him you know don't don't play this half in half out game and then, and then they try to do that shit too where like they originally weren't going to trade him despite him requesting him and they were just going to force him to be on the bench this whole season yeah they picked up his fifth year option like they were really screwing with him bad yeah and then the leaked news report that came out that's uh, or somebody within the organization said they quote wanted an adult at quarterback which, again, you could criticize Baker Mayfield for being immature with the media sometimes. But how the fuck can you say that and then go and pursue Deshaun Watson, who last time we had talked about him had been sued by, I think, 12 women. And since then, it's I think gone it was up like to, 21 or something. Yeah, it's it, gone it up to up. 22 now. And the list of women that he contacted in his whole ring is over 60. I think uh, he's ended up settling like all but one or two of them now, but. Yeah. And, and like, that's not to say whether he, like he did or didn't. It ain't, it ain't like that's not the point of the podcast. We're not sitting here talking about whether he did it or didn't do it. That's yeah. that ain't the point. But the fact is, that the allegations are sitting there and you are still going to go out there and be like, oh, we won the adult to be our starting quarterback. Like, brother, do you not see who you're trying to trade for? Yeah. The, the insulting on. thing about this is so Watson cleared any criminal allegations that he was still in civil court. And the thing that was insane to me is while he was facing these civil allegations, his lawyer said this, his lawyer, the person he pays to not say stupid. So he doesn't say stupid shit to the press. His lawyer said something along the lines of there's nothing illegal about getting a happy ending during a massage. (laughs) Nobody is saying that it's wrong that he got a happy ending. The problem is consent. Because these like the the allegations are that these women did not fucking consent to this kind of thing. That's the problem. And you just self-incriminated because you just admitted that you don't understand why you're being sued. That's what his fucking lawyer said. And then to top it off, the Browns go after him. And Deshaun Watson says no. And Baker Mayfield's like, get me the fuck out of here because this is how much faith you have in me. That's what you think of me is that you want an adult at quarterback. And then you go after somebody who's accused of sexual assault by over 20 women. And so it leads to this whole thing where it's like the only way you can get out of this is either trade Baker or give him that big ass extension. And then literally a week later, Deshaun Watson changes his mind and comes to town. And then we had this awkward ass three month standoff where Baker Mayfield was still under contract with the Browns, but he they were not going to play him. Deshaun Watson was 
going to face a lengthy suspension. And they were floating around the idea of asking Baker if he wanted to fucking sub for him during that time. Yeah, look How? at that. Deshaun, he changed his mind and decided to consent to being traded. <laughs> <laughs> Last second, he changed his mind. Oh, and it actually matters. Yeah. And Baker Crazy still concept. got his happy ending because he got flipped to the Panthers. <laughs> That that's the craziest thing about it is go back to the 2018 draft and Baker Mayfield's drafted first overall by the Browns and Sam Darnold is drafted third overall by the Jets or maybe it's fourth and overall and, and everybody was like these are the saviors of these two long suffering teams and guess what they're now battling for a starting spot in Carolina and both teams have already fucking moved on um and and uh, Cam Newton's unemployed. Yeah, Cam Newton can't find a job. So, so I don't. I, I I thought for a while, in all honesty, that once the like once Baker got traded, I thought the Browns are going to try and sign Cam Newton. Yeah, or even trade what, what for Sec could do. Yeah, or trade for Garoppolo or something. But yeah, I mean Jake Brisket's a decent quarterback. <laughs> oh my god, Dewey Hydrears. Uh, no, it's something about saving power. Hopefully my power doesn't go out too. Cause Jack was supposed to be on the podcast and his power went out. So, uh, I'm going to go turn off the AC in the other room. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> if Matt decides to put this part in the podcast, you are during a uh, week one break. Hide your wife, hide your kids. We got to save power, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is, this is what I'll say about Deshaun Watson because He's been suspended for 11 games, which is kind of a joke. It, the initial suspension was six. Um, and part of his uh, stipulation to get back onto the field is he has to go through essentially therapy to explain to him why he did what, it, why what he is alleged to have done is wrong. Because this entire time he has, quote, stood on his innocence and he does not understand what the problem is of what he's been accused of and the way he's basically refused to deny what happened. Uh, it makes me think that he did it. And like when he got, when the 11 game suspension announcement came out, the Browns put out a statement that basically was attributed to Deshaun Watson as to having said it, that said like, I apologize to, everyone involved and I look forward to getting back on the field or something like that. And then when they interviewed him, he said that he still stands on his, in, his, his innocence. And when asked uh, what he was apologizing for, he apologized because so many people seemed triggered by the whole thing. So Sean Watson, this is my message to you. Go fuck yourself. I hope you never play in the NFL again. Um, because part of it, he, because the NFL can still prevent him from playing. If he shows that he doesn't care or didn't learn anything. So um, I hope we never see him again. Unfortunately, we probably are, but uh, he's a piece of shit and uh, fuck the Browns for trading for him. And I'm never rooting for them as long as Jimmy Haslam owns the team. So because this whole situation is disgusting. I got to say the Texans handled that whole thing pretty badly, too, because yeah. any other situation like that, they probably would have just released the guy and wouldn't have thought twice about it. But they knew how good of a quarterback and how much of a talent Deshaun Watson is. And they held on to him because they knew if they traded him, they'd get a shit ton of draft capital. And damn it, the Browns gave up three first-round picks for him. And it's only like the second time ever. Not, not to mention... Three first, I think it was the Herschel Walker trade. Not to, was the only other time that happened. 
Yeah. Like, uh, come on, man. Yeah. And the topper on all of it is Deshaun Watson's uh, contract is all guaranteed. And this season's uh, base salary is a million dollars. So they structured it in a way that he basically can't be fined anything by the NFL because every, all of his salary for this year was basically in signing bonuses. So they knew what they were doing. They 100% knew that Deshaun Watson was going to be suspended and they didn't give a shit because they have no fucking morals. And it's like, I shouldn't be surprised because Jimmy Haslam is literally a felon, but it, it just, it's, it's disgusting. I, I, it pisses me off on such a cerebral level. And the reason this fires me up so much is I fucking loved the Browns, dude. They were like the first team that I truly picked to be my own. And I, I think back to that 2020 wildcard game and just the amount of joy that brought me from watching and two years later, and I can't fucking stand the team anymore. Like the the amount of disillusionment that I felt when this whole thing went down honestly left me feeling the same as like some of the worst breakups I've ever gone through. Like it it literally left me feeling the same way. Like I genuinely just couldn't believe what was happening. It it hurts to put this much faith and like this much energy into cheering somebody on and then have them do shit like this. It's disgusting. So I'm just glad Baker's out of there. I, I I love the dude. I hope he flourishes in Carolina, but fucking fuck the Browns, dude. I hate them now. They are my least favorite team in the league by far. Ugh. That's saying a lot because Washington exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, and Dewey, what you're saying about how the Browns traded for him, a perfect parallel to that is Matt Areza, the punter who got drafted by the Bills this year, was oh, accused boy. of doing something obviously not to the scale of what Deshaun Watson has allegedly done, but is much more, it's much more abhorrent and, and horrendous. And he got cut yeah. and that's because he's a punter. He's not a franchise quarterback. What? So, but the thing of what that too, is he wasn't even initially cut. Like, I don't know if the bills were made aware of that allegation before their first preseason game, but they cut the guy that had been starting for him for a couple of years and said, hey, Matt Areza, you're our new starting punter. And then that whole thing came out. It's like, if they knew about it, what the hell were they doing cutting the first guy when he oh, yeah. was already there and did a perfectly fine job for him last year? Yeah, the lawsuit was filed like months back, but I think it, it didn't become public until this. So either somebody failed with their, their background check or the Bills were genuinely just caught off guard on this, or they were covering something up. I think they were I, caught off guard, though. I also feel like there had to have been people that would have known about it, because with how oh, popular he was last year, how was he not the first punter taken in the draft? Yeah, that's that's another thing, like too. He was, he was the best punter in college football last year, at least at the FBS level, and he somehow wasn't the first guy taken at that position. Like, somebody somewhere knew something about it. So yeah. I don't I don't know. So but at least the at least the Bills rectified it. They they released him. He's out of the league, at least probably for the foreseeable future. And they yeah. signed the guy Denver Cut. So at least they took care of it pretty quickly. And Sean McDermott made that whole speech. And it was a good one, I'll be honest. But man, I, I just can't wrap my head around the way the Browns and the Texans handled that entire thing. Yeah. Just so because the it's... Texans owner is as bad as Jimmy Haslam is and I will die on that hill. Oh, yeah. So it just shows who has morals 
and it's funny because we're talking about a billionaire having morals, but like, you know, it, it speaks a lot to the culture of the Buffalo Bills versus the Cleveland Browns. So. So friendship ended with Cleveland Browns. Buffalo Bills are my new best friend. So. <laughs> yeah. All righty. All right. I got that rant out of my system because uh, we Might haven't well. done, we haven't done an episode basically the entire time this uh, Baker Mayfield thing's been going on. So but yeah, so that was some of the news. So uh, now we're going to do a team by team preview. We got quick talking points on each team. We're going to go division by division and then we'll weave in our division champ previews for each one of those and then maybe give you a quick Super Bowl prediction after that. Starting with the AFC East. What when you guys can read the question, I, I I'll, I'll just like. Alley oh, well, what, do we, why don't you start with your team? How do you how do you think the Patriots are going to be this year? See, this is a really loaded question for me because the roster is it's pretty much the same roster. I'm going to miss James White, by the way. I hope he does good things in his yeah. retirement. But it, the, besides that, the roster is relatively unchanged. Hope, you know, Mac Jones, I hope he doesn't have a sophomore slump, but pardon me, wouldn't it even be surprised if it happens? I don't really know where they're going to go. They got a decent defense. They got a couple new weapons. They brought in Devontae Parker from Miami, who obviously became expendable with the Tyreek Hill deal. I don't know how that's going to go. Hopefully, well, it wouldn't surprise me if they go like 12 and 5, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go 7 and 10. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, one of the major stories during this preseason was the fact that Bill Belichick only has two other coaches on his roster, which is... Uh, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and Patricia is essentially the de facto offensive coordinator. There's a whole reason why he's not named officially yet, but the Patriots offense has looked horrible in training camp and preseason because they they I mean, it's showing just how important Josh McDaniels was to the Patriots. So Josh McDaniels was the unsung hero of that coaching staff for the better part of a decade. Yeah, if if there's and, one coach that I trust to get it together and figure this out, it's Bill Belichick, but it's not looking great so far. Now, I don't know if Josh McDaniels, because we can touch on this a bit more later, I don't know how well he'll do as a head coach his second time around with how he did in Denver back in 2009, but at the very least, a top-five coordinator in the NFL at the time of his hiring yeah. by the Raiders. And again, you know, we all saw how Matt Patricia did in, in Detroit. We all saw how Joe Judge did in New York. Obviously they're back with the guy that basically made their career. So maybe they'll, you know, go back to the way they were prior to their head coaching experience. But I don't know what the, what the way that offense looked in the preseason, obviously Mac didn't play that much, but even then I, there's still a couple offensive pieces away from really doing something to me. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, I mean, I could see them still making the playoffs, but there are the not, AFC not is far, becoming, very top heavy very quickly yeah, yeah it really is bailey zappy my beloved though <laughs> true <laughs> all right best backup with, in the league yeah and with the rest of the division uh very interesting headlines as well um situation with the jets and zach wilson uh year two but uh he just had knee surgery what like on august like yeah like the second or third week of august like oh less than a month ago yeah yeah so um He's probably not going to start week one, um, but uh, th- I feel like with his second year, uh, this will be like 
a make or break year for him. Um, as typically with most quarterbacks in the league, they get drafted this early in the draft and don't perform well. Um, they got some good draft capital, I believe, this year. They got a wide receiver in the form of Garrett Wilson uh, that they can use. Um, and they got some uh, – I, I don't know what other piece they got in the draft, but I, I wasn't an offensive piece, like line uh, piece? Or... Brees Hall, the running back, and they also that got as well, yeah. Sauce Gardner, who has never been scored on in his entire career. Yeah, so they got – they had a pretty solid draft day. Um, so, yeah. And they got their the second-year guys in, too. They, they got Elijah Moore in the draft last year as oh, well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they signed Corey Davis away from the Titans after last season, too, but – I don't know how that one's going to pan out, but they've got some decent pieces there and their head coach is a great defensive mind. So I'm sure the defense will be pretty solid, but again, with how top heavy the AFC is, especially now in the East as well, I don't know how long it'll be before they can really start doing something though. Yeah. I was going to say Zach Wilson is, is the biggest question mark on all of this because what what Robert Sala said a lot of last season is he won't take the easy plates like he wants to play Brett Favre style hero ball and he won't just take the easy checkdowns. And that's what got him into trouble last year. And it was crazy because when Joe Flacco and Mike White played, they played really well. And Zach Wilson had those moments of brilliance, but he also had some like baffling mistakes. And, you know, this whole offseason where he was bulking up and then he slept with his mom's friend and he's been talking about maturing as a quarterback and everything and, and playing smarter. And then what does he do on the first or first two drives of the preseason? The first one, he throws an income or he throws an, a horrible interception. And then the second one, he scrambles on third and long and tries to juke somebody out like eight yards away from the first down marker and blows out his knee. And it's like, these are literally the same mistakes you were making last year. It's just like rookie shit. So I don't know. like, I honestly don't know why they were even playing him in that game, though, to be honest. Yeah, it's just like baffling where it's like they've talked about like, oh, yeah, Zach Wilson, he's maturing as a pastor. And then he goes out there and does exactly the same shit that he was doing last year. So like I'm rooting for him to succeed, but it's stuff like that that sketches me out. So it, it, it makes you wonder if like I wouldn't say if he has the heart for it, but, you know, maturity wise, you just touched on it like. Does he really have like what it takes to be a successful starter in the NFL? Because obviously he had it in college, but you know, college is a whole different animal than the NFL is. And that yeah. goes for all professional sports, not just football. He's you got know, the is he at that point yet where he, he can he has the physical talent too. It's 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 almost like they can't get him out of the the mindset. And I'm not trying to shit on college football, but like the talent discrepancy from the best player in college to the worst on the field is way wider than the best worst on an NFL field. Like you can't just out talent people in the NFL. It's very rare that you can do that. And it's like, he doesn't realize that he can't just outrun people or just chuck balls up and, and his superior teammates are going to go get it. Cause you're not at BYU anymore. So. It reminds me of a, of a tweet I saw about a week ago where it's where the guy said college football is great because every guy on the field is the best football player to come out of their high school in years or perhaps ever. But then you get a matchup where one of the guys is a future nine time pro bowler and the other guy is a future litigation attorney. And that's when the magic happens. Yeah. Like that, that does not happen in the NFL. ever. Yeah, that's the crazy. Yeah. That's the craziest thing to think about with, with the NFL is the worst player on an NFL roster was at one point, probably the best player on their college roster. 
or even mid-level if you're an FBS program. Like, yeah. Like, the but, NFL is truly the cream of the crop in 95% of cases. Yeah. Even it, at the bottom. Yeah, so I'm I'm rooting for Zach Wilson, but it, it, it's, it's got to, you know, it's got to turn around. Um, another team that's got big quarterback questions uh, is the Miami Dolphins. And is Mike McDaniel going to be the guy to unlock Tua? I mean, they have some very... Uh... And of course, we talked about the trade. Uh, I think we did earlier, at least with Tyreek yeah. Hill. Um, but that's going to be a p- big piece of it. And he's got him, Gasicki, Jalen Waddle. Um, obviously, the running back room is a little bit of a question right now. But uh, they have the potential to to boom as an offense and make a run at that. I wouldn't say the division because we'll talk about the other team that's in yeah. the East in a second. But uh, definitely a wild card spot, and they looked like it last year for a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah. That's that's my thing from it. Yep, they've got they've got weapons galore on offense. The biggest problem has been their their pass blocking has been horrible the last two years. Um, and so, and again, we'll see if Tua really is the most accurate quarterback in the league, according to Tyree Kill. So, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and if and if not, their backup is now uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. So, so we have two two uh, fragile quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh no, because <laughs> Tua hurt his fingy like two years ago when he first started. Oh god! Or he had the pinky fracture in college, and then he had the Bo Jackson hip fracture in whatever game that was. But yeah, uh, I, I mean, honestly, like division rivals, so I'm not really going to always root for the Dolphins to do well. But personally, like for Tua, I I hope he does good. Like he was drafted very high. You know, yeah. he's got the talent to be there. I just can't, you know, can he put it all together? Just like Zach Wilson. Duke was drafted super high. The talent's there, but they're both yeah. in the same situation, really. Got to see them to put it all together. Um, a team, though, that is looking like they are putting it all together. The Buffalo Bills. Uh, is Von Miller going to be the piece that sets them over the top? Because this team has Super Bowl aspirations written all over it. Yeah, not only they're the beasts of the East, but they're the beasts of the AFC. Um, pro- uh, the team to beat in that conference probably this year, um, alongside. Uh, um, I don't want to say the Chiefs, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean your offense is lighting it up last year with you know Allen. You had Diggs. You have. I mean you. There's there's so many, and even Dawson Knox was doing things like what what in the world, but. Then you got a kicker who can kick the ball from literally anywhere on the field um, in the form of Tyler Bass. And now you got yeah. defensive pieces now as well. Like, we, as Matt said, Von Miller, like, dude's got two rings. Why not go get another? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I really think they're going to be the team to beat in the AFC. And uh, I think they have this division on lock if they all stay healthy, which is yeah. the, the typical thing you throw at a team. Barring some freak accident that happens to Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, because that, that that dude scrambles a lot as well. Yeah, so. I think they will cruise to the AFC East title. The issue with Buffalo, though, is how their running game is going to look because that was oh, the absolutely. big issue for them yeah. last year and the year before as well, where they just haven't really been able to get much on the ground. And you know, Singletary's not too bad. Devin Moss, Devin Moss, Zach Moss isn't that bad, but they just drafted that kid James Cook out of Georgia, and I think he might be the one that can get that running back room to where it needs to be for them to actually oh, get yeah. that Super Bowl ring. Yeah. 
faux show. Um, but yeah, I think we all have the Bills as our AFC East champs, right? Yep. Put that right. put that down, even though Dewey might be crying through that. But I may or may not be. You never know. Yeah. But their wide receiver room, top to bottom, too. Like, like you got Diggs, obviously, but like Gabe Davis is quickly becoming like a top oh, yeah. twenty, top fifteen yeah. receiver in the league. They got Jamison Crowder in the offseason as well after a couple of years with the Jets. Like he's still not that bad either. Like they got a really, really impressive group in that room as well. Yeah, the the Bills the last couple of years are the team that always find a way to like they have a third receiver on their team that's like he makes spectacular plays when it counts. And it's like, oh, that's where he ended up. Like <laughs> Yeah. So Yeah. Cause that that was me with Cole Beasley for a little bit until he got kicked, but you know. Yeah. So, uh, oh, one last say? note on uh, one last note on Buffalo as well. Uh, shout out to the like two hours that Matt Barkley was the punt god in that preseason. Yeah, yeah, yes. shout out to Matt Barkley in the preseason game. That was so cool. Um, we move over to the AFC North, where the defending AFC champion Bengals. Uh, this team is so weird to me because I'm not saying they were a bad team, but they their run was very fluky. You know, they were they were a frisky team. They they benefited from, you know, Ryan Tannehill melting down in a playoff game and then Andy Reid refusing to adapt the the Chiefs offense to what their defense was doing. And this is a team that came up clutch in the playoffs and they just got better. You know, they finally addressed their offensive line. And can this team get back to the Super Bowl? I think that's the, the easiest question to ask. I mean, Honestly, I'm inclined to say yes, because we all saw the biggest issue that the Bengals had last year was by far the offensive line. Yeah. And what did they do in the offseason? They went out and got Lyle Collins from the Cowboys, who's one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL, at least to me. So they've addressed one of the big issues. They went in and got Ted Karras. He's going to be their starting center now, I believe. So they've addressed some of the big issues. They lost CJ Uzoma, but they went out and got Hayden Hurst. So they've kind of plugged some holes they had. They've sitting there with a good kicker, which of course is always important, especially come playoff time. Oh, They've yeah. got an MVP caliber quarterback. They've got two potentially MVP level wide receivers. Like still yeah, a damn good Jamar team. Chase and T Higgins. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they much like, um, Oh my God. Much like the dolphins. They are loaded at all the skill positions. Um, and again, this is a team that had maybe the worst offensive line in the league, and they got to the Super Bowl and almost won. So, like, Joe Burrow year three is going to be scary. Um, I wasn't too set on them, you know, going back, because I was like, come on, that, that room run was fluky. You don't do that. And part of me, I, d- I don't know if they will get back, but it's one of those things where if they're... Like, you don't want to let them be in the game late, because... Joe they'll, Burrow they'll, is is clutch. Just they'll for, give you a run for your money at the end of the game. Yeah. yeah. For lack of better terms, Joe Burrow is a dude. So. He is. He got that dog in him at the end yeah. of the game. I think the big thing for the Bengals, like the Bills, honestly, is going to be the running game because they're going to need Joe Mixon to do what he did again last year. Oh yeah. For sure. Um, one team right. that looks like they <laughs> could, uh, they, you know, maybe we're going to challenge. Uh, so many question marks around this is is Jake Brisket going to keep the Browns, you know, in the playoff hunt until Deshaun Watson or should say if when slash when Deshaun Watson returns. 
part of me says no, simply because of how um, Brisket Boy did in Indy. He wasn't bad, but like that that team in Indy had a lot of like potential. Like, yeah, and we, we'll talk about them later as well. Like rotating quarterbacks every year, basically. But uh, they had pieces to go out and be a contender, and they were a quarterback away, and he didn't do much with it. So. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I just I don't know if he's going to keep him in the hunt. And uh... here's here's the thing that nobody's really talking about with the Browns is let's say Watson comes back and plays at an MVP level again. I mean, we're going to ignore the fact that his one preseason appearance he looked awful, um, praying that that's a trend. Uh, Thank you, who, Jaguars. Who's he going to throw to? Who? What receivers do they have? They have Amari, Amari Cooper, Cooper? Yeah. and. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones is there. He's a number three at best. Um, yeah, they lost. They lost uh, Jarvis to the Saints, right? Yep. Uh, OBJ is obviously gone. Rashard Higgins is in Carolina with Baker now. Austin Hooper's gone. He's a tight end, but so I mean, David Njoku has talent, but he just goes MIA for games at a time. So that Harrison Bryant kid they got behind Njoku, though. Yeah, he could be. He could be something like they. But- the Browns, they have a pretty good offensive line. They've had some injuries. They're seemingly set at quarterback. They have the best running back trio in the league by far. Um, even though Kareem Hunt kind of wants out and has been requested a trade and then tried to hold out for three days and then was like, all right, this ain't working. He's probably going to be a trade deadline acquisition for somebody. They have an, like a really good pass rush. They have a pretty good secondary, but the problem is they don't have depth. Like Denzel Ward, when he's on the field, is one of the best corners in the league, but he's never on the field because he just gets hurt every year. Mm-hmm. Like people are trying to pencil in the Browns, and part of this is spite, but part of this is somebody who watched this team really closely over the last four years. But like, I don't know if they got better. I really don't think they did because they're going to be starting Jacoby Brissett for the majority of the season. So I think he can keep it afloat, but like, as soon as there's a key injury around them, like as soon as they can't run against another team, they're fucked. So I don't know. I'm it's, just kind of. It's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like, I don't think they're going to be able to win the division, but let's assume that, you know, Deshaun Watson gets reinstated once the 11 games are when he can come back in week 14, like they've been saying he can. If if they can go. At least. Five and six, maybe six and five. I think they could maybe sneak into a wild card spot. Yeah. But I don't know about anything more than that. The problem with that, though, is one of the divisions that we'll get to is loaded and could very well send all four teams to the playoffs if things that play too, right. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if being 500 with six games left is going to get you to the playoffs, unfortunately. And, and even if they went out and finished 11 and six, hell, that might not even be enough anymore with how how competitive the AFC is going to be now. Yeah. Yeah, they are just, I, I have no idea what to expect from the Browns. So um, another team though, with a quarterback, I wouldn't say controversy, but in a contract dispute right now is, uh, is Lamar Jackson going to be extended and have the bear, have the Ravens peaked or is there still more to come? I think I saw um, something the other day where, like, he said that he wasn't going to have any extension talks once the regular season starts. So the Ravens got, I don't know, like, 
96 hours to figure that out before the season starts. And if they don't, then that's going to have to be addressed in the offseason. But yeah. they've got potentially a generational talent back there. And if they let him walk, I mean, man, that's that'd be something. Yeah. Well, uh, so the this is what I've heard about this whole situation. Lamar doesn't have an agent, so he's representing himself. So, which is already kind of messy. And even if he doesn't sign that extension, they can still franchise tag him for two years. But the holdout seems to be that Lamar Jackson's looking over at Cleveland and it's like, I want all the guaranteed money like Sean Watson because for obvious reasons. And the, the Ravens are like, uh, we don't know. So I think I think you're going to see it get done before the season starts, because. I, I just I don't understand why you wouldn't. You know, Lamar has his limitations as a passer, but he can get better. He's a generational talent at, as a runner and just as. I, and again, I don't want to make it seem like he can't throw like Lamar Jackson can throw at an NFL level, um, but he is as explosive as a like as elusive of a quarterback as there's ever been. And like when you've got a guy like him, you got to hang on to him. Yeah, um, a- absolutely. And my thing is, is I'm going to tag off of two quarterbacks we've already kind of pinned at already that have kind of messed up the whole quarterback market. And we've yeah. talked about Watson already plenty of times. And Russell Wilson, who also signed a big extension before he even played in a regular season snap for the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, these are two dudes that have basically raised the bar of, hey, um, like, this is how much you should be getting paid. And like, so what do you think? Like people like like Lamar, who are at the top of their like top of their game or, or generational talent that are possibly better than these two that have already gotten massive extensions like that's what they're going to expect as well. And so, um, and the Ravens may or may not come up to that front. We'll see. Yeah. And finally in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers for the first time in 15 years have to find a starting quarterback. Will Mitch Trubisky be the starter all season? Cause he was just named earlier this week, the starter or is Kenny Pickett poised to take over? I don't want to say this is going to be funny to watch, but it's going to be entertaining to see who's going to be the, I, I feel like this is going to be like a Fitzpatrick versus Tua kind of thing Yeah, where you have a dude who's been trying to prove himself wherever he goes for the last couple of years. And it's been sloppy. Uh, but then you have a dude who an electric dude behind you that could, once he takes the reins can be, could probably do some great things, um, especially with the pieces they already have in Pittsburgh. Um, Cause they have a pretty good defense. Um, and they've had for the last few years or so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the quarterback is really the big question with this team. Not to mention that George Pickens already looks like he's going to continue or not George Pickens. Uh, or yeah, yeah, that is his. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, he's going to continue their trend of just like, hey, look, we found another all pro level receiver. All right. And he's gone in three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he showed some. Um, and Dewey can attest to this because he was there, but he showed some strength in the preseason games that he played in. Uh, I got to say, Pickett looked really good too in person. Yeah. Like, I think Trubisky's that, the guy for like at, at minimum the first month. And then once he gets them through that stretch, then it's like, all right, well, if you screw up, this kid's looking over your shoulder. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it would not surprise me if they end up trading Mason before that point either. Yeah, I could see Mason Rudolph being the 
the guy that everybody thought Garoppolo was going to be the oh, the early season injury. Let's go get Mason Rudolph to kind of fill a hole in our roster. Pretty much. Uh, who do we got for division winner for the AFC North? Uh, That's I don't want It's a tough one because there's a lot of unpredictability on the ground with this division. Um, and as we didn't even touch on this with the Ravens, but the running back carousel is just with how the miraculous amount of injuries they had during preseason. Yeah. Or, uh, or actually in probably just in training or practices from what I remember. But, uh, if that running back core is not stable for the Ravens, I think the Bengals walk away with this division again, um, just because of the offensive power that they have now. So I think, I think JK Dobbins could potentially be like a 14, 1500 yard guy on the ground every year. And like basically every team in the division has a running back that can do that. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor in who wins it. But yeah, at least at face value right now, I think it's going to be the uh, Cincinnati again. Yeah. For me, I'm going with the Bengals as well, because the other three teams all have big question marks looming over them. Almost all of them at quarterback. And the Bengals just look like they're set and ready to go. No distractions. And they're just going to go win football games. So. Which is yeah. funny to say about the Bengals. Got, got the eyes <laughs> on the prize again. How yeah. quickly that turned. Yeah. Where they were looking two or three years ago. Yeah. Uh, down south. Uh, the Colts pulled off quarterback change. We didn't even talk about that. The Colts traded Carson Wentz basically as soon as the season ended. And he imploded in week 18. And then went and acquired Matt Ryan, who was a little miffed when the Falcons were in the the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Now with Matt Ryan at quarterback, they're what fourth different starting quarterback in four years? Or no, yeah, because they well, because they had yeah. Brissett, Rivers, oh, uh, Luck, Brissett, Rivers, yeah, Wentz, and now yeah. Matt Ryan. Now Matt Ryan, yeah. Uh, is he going to take the Colts to where Carson Wentz and honestly everybody else before him couldn't take them? I think he'll be a midway point between Wentz and Rivers. <laughs> like that's how I see it. Yeah. I so I think Matt Ryan still has some gas in him. I think he can play three or four years with the Colts. And from what everybody has said, like I I don't again, this is something I don't know if we ever touched on on the show when we previously talked about it. But Carson Wentz didn't just melt down at the end of the season when they needed him the most. He apparently rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in the locker room because this all syncs up perfectly with what people were saying with him in Philly, too, at the end of his tenure there. Mm-hmm. And the just like the reviews of Matt Ryan since he got to town have been raving like like people are are so pumped to have Matt Ryan in Indy. Um, there's still some question marks. I don't really know who they've got at receiver, but like, yeah, it's Matt freaking Ryan. He's a former MVP. So, yeah, and I think with them as well, they're in a really messy division. Yeah. So it's a very easy to win. Probably the easiest division to win in football right now. Oh, absolutely. It's all for taking. I mean, there's so many different factors because I think the last maybe two or three years, Matt Ryan has looked way worse than he actually is because the Falcons have done him negative favors since they lost that Super Bowl. Oh, for sure. I mean, they've had like, one of the worst pass blocking lines in the league, and Matt Ryan is not very mobile. Like he is no. a pocket passer. Like, as, but he's as, one of the best pocket yeah. passers. So if you can give yourself a good offensive line, they'll win you probably nine, ten games without really questioning anything. 
sure. And they're sitting there with arguably the best running back in the NFL in Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman could easily become a number one wide receiver this year. Like that team, I don't know if they'll, I'll say, you know, AFC title game good enough, but definitely a division winning team with how just, just messy everything is down there. Yeah. Speaking of messy, how about the Jaguars last year? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we talked about Urban that every Meyer week. experience, baby. I, I, the, the way that uh, Rich Eisen has described Trevor Lawrence after year one was unevaluable because Urban Meyer was just that terrible. I know it's it, this is framed as is Trevor Lawrence in for a big jump? I think we can all just agree. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we saw who Trevor Lawrence can be last year. Oh, and, no. And yeah. He just was breaking stuff on the fly, like breaking stuff apart on the fly because he just was thrown into it Yeah, um, with certain and, aspects of the game. And, you know, it's been a while since the Jags have had a, you know, truly good head coach, but they've got a Super Bowl winning head coach at the helm now, bringing Doug, Doug Peterson in after he got canned from Philly a year ago. Yeah, you know, Travis Etienne missed. Oh, good. But yeah, like Etienne was out all of last season. He's back now, so there's there's your your running back room is better. They went out and spent a shit ton of money this offseason. I think it was one of the most yeah. lucrative free agent offseasons ever in the NFL. Was it Zay Jones? I know they got they got they gave Christian Kirk a lot of money. Yeah, there were a couple other guys they went out and got too. Like probably that could actually yeah. be a decent enough team this year. Like maybe five hundred. Yeah, yeah, this I, yeah this team um and to butt in. It gives me like early Ravens vibes because Trevor Lawrence has he showed some potential on the ground at Clemson, and now you got two 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 running backs in their room that could very well. Dude, um, yeah, that running back tandem. Yeah, it's a it's a it'll be powerful because they'll finally hopefully because with Urban Meyer gone and them resisting to use Robinson for whatever reason they'll actually use him now with tandem with Intini. So, uh, yeah, I just. And the wide receiver room is, I mean, it's got question marks, but they're, I mean, they got it seems room, like to, they care room to prove now. themselves. Yeah, they got, they care. They've yeah. got and, people. And I, their tight end room had questions. They went out and got Evan Engram as well, which, you know, he's not the greatest. He, he's tight had end. some funny moments, but they've upgraded <laughs> from Tim Tebow to Evan Ingram. So, I mean, still an improvement, though. I'm course. still mad that didn't work out. <laughs> I wanted to see uh, Tim Tebow back. Um, I think the Jaguars yeah. are going to are going to surprise some people this year. I I think they're like a seven win team because um, they went out and they got a damn good head coach in Doug Peterson. Um, and then they went out and they signed a lot of people in free agency and none of them are really game changers, but they just needed guys. You know, they, they needed, just needed, yeah, they needed people. They it's needed like people the, on the roster. Yeah. It's like what the Patriots did last year where they're like, I don't care how much money we have to pay Nelson Aguilar. We just need a receiver. Okay. Yep. And that's basically what the Jaguars did this year. So you, I, I would pencil them in for like seven wins, and then, you know, wild card contender next year if Trevor Lawrence is the real deal, like everybody says he is. So, honestly, I think the biggest factor for the Jaguars this season is going to be the offensive coaching staff. Yeah. Like the, their offensive coordinator, their quarterbacks coach. And honestly, the running backs coach too. That that's probably going to be the biggest factor in whether they win three games or whether they win maybe eight or nine. Is how well can they start to develop those guys and get them, you know, 
to the point where they can compete with any team week in and week out. For sure. Yeah, and another thing as well that like we talked about them in twenty, uh, like in twenty eighteen, like how that team was built was around the defense, and we really haven't talked about their defense like being anything substantial by any means in years. And since that whole collapse of trading everybody and get rid of everybody, but now um, they went out and got some defensive pieces during the draft and the off season, as we've talked about, and uh, they didn't look. I mean, they're not like absolutely stellar but like it looks like a group of guys that like at least know what they're doing on the field they, like when they, they get look like an nfl roster now yeah it looks like <laughs> it's not complete but it, it they're there they yeah. fill the void that like they can probably do get the job done for you on a given sunday they can play football yeah and d- dare i say it would not surprise me if they finished second in that division Oh, yeah, absolutely, especially with uh, the two teams we got coming up, if we want to yeah. rope into yeah. that. Yeah, the Texans, they also have a young quarterback who honestly might have been rookie of the year uh, if Mac Jones didn't exist. Is Davis Mills the future for the Houston Texans? I say let Davis Mill. Yeah, honestly, we could throw and let Levy Smith. I, th- uh, I think it's too early to answer that question. Yeah, like, yeah. They- they still need a lot of help around him to really determine, you know, is this the guy that can get the job done? I love the energy that Lovey Smith has brought to the Texans this year because so many coaches are like, yeah, man, we're chasing a Super Bowl. Lovey Smith's like, yeah, man, we're just having fun. We're playing football. All right. So, <laughs> he's just like pumped to be back. Yeah. I, I mean, because for that team and what they've gone through the last couple of years, you got to take the positives because like, I mean, you got been that many of them. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you, you can't you can't look down. You got to look up, and especially with all the draft capital they acquired. It's like you have a chance to these next couple of years with these with these several rounds of draft picks to get more people to back up your current roster, which isn't a whole lot. But you know, Davis Mills could be the start of that. So yeah, I mean, honestly, their wide receiver room isn't that bad. Like I oh, think no. the, I think that's going to be the star of the show. They've got. You know, Brandon Cooks, I don't I don't know if he's yeah. in number one, but he's still a solid receiver. Nico yeah. Collins is not bad at all either. They drafted John Mechie. Hopefully, you know, he's declared cancer free as soon as possible there and he can resume his football career. But assuming that happens, he's got a lot of potential there as well. So the, like those three could be a pretty successful core over the next three, four years for that team. Yeah, I would I would pencil in the Texans also for like six or seven wins, much like the Jaguars. So. And then finally, the team that has ruled over this division for the last couple seasons, the Titans, not a very good offseason, got rid of A.J. Brown, uh, drafted seemingly the replacement for Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis. Um, is he going to be a long term replacement? And, and most importantly, is Derrick Henry still going to be Derrick Henry? This is such a weird one because, you know, that we mentioned they traded A.J. Brown, but they traded for Robert Woods and they drafted Traylon Burks from Arkansas. So they they kind of sort of replaced him, kind of sort of didn't. And of Can course, I, Robert Woods is coming off of an injury season. I think yeah. he tore his ACL or something. You don't know what he's going to be capable of coming back from that north of 30. They they yeah. definitely replaced him with two good receivers. I don't know if they got a great receiver. Um, and but, they lost Harold Landry for the season as well. The other day, yeah. he tore his ACL in practice. And he's arguably their best defensive starter. That was, that's going to be a 
big hole for them now as well on that side of the ball. I'm not as down on the Titans as seemingly everybody else is. I think they're still going to be a winning team because Mike, I mean, Mike Vrabel is, has never had a losing season and Ryan Tannehill outside of that, that playoff game last year has been an above average quarterback, like the entire time he's been in Tennessee. Uh, But it is hard to ignore the fact that they seemingly drafted his replacement. So I, I don't know what to expect from this team. I think they'll be in the playoffs, but I think they'll be a wild card because I think the Colts are just going to yeah. surge past them. This is such a weird thing because I'll be totally honest. I could genuinely see any of those four teams winning the division. If like if maybe Tannehill goes down at some point or if Jonathan Taylor for Indy goes down, like yeah. it wouldn't take a lot to get those other two teams back into it, maybe even to a division winning standpoint. Yeah, you're throwing all these teams into a hat and basically drawing one out when the season comes to a close. Yeah, you just don't know. For me, though, my pick. I'm honestly, I was gonna go with the Titans originally, but uh, we kind of, I kind of talked myself into picking the Colts after we kind of praised them. So I'm going with the Colts. Yeah, and I'm gonna pick the Colts as well because if Jonathan Taylor stays healthy, he's gonna be an unstoppable force back there um, behind Matt Ryan. I'm going to go with the Titans as of right now, but it would not shock me at all to see the Colts taken instead. Yeah. And finally, the nuttiest division in the AFC, the AFC West, starting with the Broncos. Is Russell Wilson the guy to get the Broncos back into the playoffs and get them over the hump? I would say yes, if the other three teams weren't as good as they are. Yeah. Like, the Broncos could legitimately win 10 games and finish last in that division. Yeah, because they would lose all three division games. <laughs> like, yeah. they're, like, they're all six of them, I should say. The AFC West this coming year might be the greatest divisional season the NFL has ever seen from a collective yeah. group. Yeah, so and, let's see. Like, they went 7-10 and 10 last year. Okay. And that was with Drew Locke and... Whoever else they had. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't even tell you at this was point. Teddy, was Teddy back there? Yeah, Bridgewater played Teddy, for yeah. the season. I don't know. I am i haven't been as high on the Broncos. I haven't really bought into the hype that they're like, oh, they're going to be this juggernaut. I guess I just need to see it. Maybe I'm forgetting that Russell Wilson's as good as he is because he's been kind of butt for the last two years. But he's also been hurt in the Seahawks. Roster around him has been bad. But... For me, this is the easiest team to eliminate from the four out of all of them, which is not to say they're going to be bad, but yeah. I I think they might. But again, it, it could be an 11 win last place team. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. It's insane it. to think about. Like, and, and they've got skill position depth. They've got KJ Hamler. They've got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. They've got Melvin Gordon, who might not even be starting anymore because Javante Williams looks really, really good. Yeah. So, like, at least offensively, They've got potential. I think the biggest issue here is how good the offensive line's going to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's this is definitely. Yeah, this is definitely a team that I'm going to need to see it to believe it to buy into the whole hype for the Broncos. Speaking of hype, too, the Chargers uh, could Justin Herbert become the best QB in this division? But I think more importantly, are they going to stop being the Chargers? <laughs> well, their name's the Chargers, so uh, no. Yeah. I mean, did they do what did they do in this offseason? Because like they got uh, oh, my God, they got Khalil Mack. 
Um, okay, that was the big one that I was. And, and they got J.C. Jackson from New England. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they got a receiver too, didn't they? I'm still mad about that. Um, I don't know if they got a receiver or not. Regardless, they still have two pretty stout receivers on there. Oh, end. for sure. Like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams is the other one, I would assume. Yeah, Mike Williams. Uh, they're they're pretty stout in those positions, and uh, you got Eckler pretty solid. solid too. Yeah. Yeah, your running back's pretty decent. You got tight end. You got, I mean, you got the pieces on offense. Offense, I mean, this is the same thing with the Bills, is like, in regards to like, they have potential to, you know, take hold of this division, but because they're in one of the toughest divisions on the AFC, it's going to be harder to do. Yeah. I just, so. I just got to say this, though. Their, their two starting linebackers are going to be Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Yeah. <laughs> like that, like, Regardless of how the rest of the team does, like that's got to be the most intimidating pass rushing duo in the NFL right now, with those two lining up on opposite sides of each other. It's up there, yeah. And you've got Derwin James, who just signed a huge extension, and J.C. Jackson in the backfield. Like that could be a really, really good defensive unit. Yeah, this is the most stacked the Chargers have looked in a very long time, and it's just a matter of can they stop losing games in really dumb ways like the Chargers have. Um, Time will tell. Uh, The Kings of this division over the last, honestly, almost decade now at this point, the Kansas City Chiefs. How much is the loss of Tyreek Hill going to hurt Mahomes in this offense? And is it still their division? I could very easily still see it being their division, but Hill being gone, like they went out and got Juju Smith-Schuster. They went out and got uh, Valdez Scantling from Green Bay. They drafted Sky Moore. Like they've got three solid guys to replace Tyreek Hill, but the one Tyreek Hill was spectacular the last five or six years. Yeah, there's a chance that you could see something like the Lions after after Calvin Johnson retired, where you know Pat Mahomes becomes a more diverse passer. But I don't think anybody's like complained about the way Pat Mahomes distributes the ball. You've kind of just taken, you know, chopped off the top half of a bunch of plays in your playbook because you don't have a guy who can just flat outrun people anymore. And and you've still got Kelsey, who's still, you know, top three tight end in the NFL. And I just mentioned the three wide receivers they got. The offensive line is going to be good. The running back room is interesting, to say the least. If Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can live up to his potential, I don't know how that's going to go, but like they're easily going to probably win 10, 11, 12 games. Yeah. I'm not Playoff team without cons- a question, but I don't yeah. know if they can get back to the Super Bowl though. I'm not super concerned about the chiefs, um, but you know, it, there is, there is a little bit of concern, but I'm like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. The chiefs and they figure it out quick. Yeah. yeah. And their questions have always, them. yeah. And their questions have always, and as well has been around defense their last couple seasons. Yeah. Is that, even though they score an absurd amount of points, the team that they usually face keeps up with them because they keep letting them get back in the game. Um, this Which is, is they... what the Bengals did to them twice last year. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Finally. They... Oh, sorry. Do you have one last no. point? No. Um, okay. Home's good. That's my last Yeah, point. my home's very good. Finally, the last <laughs> team in this division is Devontae Adams, the big star of the Raiders, needed to get to the next level. He's not the only signing they made. They went out and got... Uh, Chandler Jones from the Cardinals. Also, a sneaky good, or sorry, sneaky great pass rush, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Mm. Um, yes. 
Max Crosby led the league in pressures last season, by the way. Um, and then you have Derek Carr throwing to Devonte Adams, uh, Darren Waller, and uh, Hunter Renfro, and Josh McDaniels. I, I think they're going to be pretty good because they made like, the playoffs last year, and all they did was get better. So like, it's <laughs> tough because. Again, I mentioned it earlier when talking about the Patriots. Like, McDaniels is obviously such a good coordinator, but we saw how his last head coaching experience went, and it was pretty damn bad. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to look like the Broncos from that era or if he'll put his offensive mind to good use, in which case will the defense suffer as a result of that. So it, it's – and obviously it's a very good defensive unit, but – it might be a deal with the Chiefs where they might score a lot, but shit, they're going to give up a lot too. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Who do we got for this division? Shit. I'm going to pick the Chargers. I'm going to ride that uh, electric lightning bolt. Dewey, who you got? You know what? Give me the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders Ooh. as well. Nobody picking the Chiefs. That's going to come back and play us. <laughs> oh yeah, it totally will. I, I'm sure yeah. they'll win it now. Now that nobody like, picked the Chiefs, now we're gonna be they'll go bit. like 14 and three, wipe the floor with all these other teams because that's what they do. Yeah, and we'll all look like dumb assholes in about <laughs> ten weeks from now. So dumber assholes than usual. Yeah, yeah. dumb, dumb, and dumber. Yeah, and that's the AFC. Uh, <laughs> it's been a good bit on the AFC. Yeah, we're already at an hour for, for, for over good an hour reason. For oh yeah, <laughs> the damn uh, good conference man yeah. it's okay most of these teams in this uh side of things we can kind of yeah <laughs> the nfc east we didn't even talk about this team getting a new name the washington football team commanders still uh, calling them football team matthew can you put in the clip of carson wentz saying the line okay have you guys seen that clip i don't know if i have might it's listen Car- to it as it's, it's playing it's carson wentz filming himself as he got off the plane for the first time in Washington and he's like hey I just landed down here in DC uh, I'm excited to start working and he's like and um, I'm just excited to start to take command <laughs> Not, I'm excited to take command like I'm almost ready to get started to maybe take command and nobody was like hey do you want to like do that again <laughs> it's really funny oh. um, kind of just sums up the Washington football commanders going into this year uh, what does Carson Wentz have left in the tank for a team pretty much with no direction? This is such a weird one. Like, y- you touched on it earlier with supposedly how the relationships he had with people on the Colts were not great. And that's been an issue that Washington's had for a long time. So that's... Uh, I don't know. This is, this, is like toxic an toxic. this is like an unstoppable force me to give a immovable object kind of deal here. Yeah, because I get the, it. The, the yeah. way that Washington's been the last basically 15, 20 years, really since Dan Snyder bought the team, has not been conducive to winning football. And part of me thinks as long as Dan Snyder is still the owner of that team, they're not going to sniff contention, no matter who they got behind. I don't know. Line. It's a toxic quarterback with a toxic organization. We might see some stupid stuff from this team this year. I mean, they always find a way to be in it defensively with – people like Montez sweat up on that line. And then you got, I mean, Terry McLaurin at the wide receiver position. Uh, and they, I mean, besides him though, 
I mean, who else is there? I don't really know who else is besides him because uh, heard of Samuel, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, there's not much offensive wise, and the running back room's a mess for various reasons. Some we pray over. Um, yeah, Brian. I mean, uh, Brian Robinson could be really good. And then he got shot two weeks ago. I mean, yeah, that was like, fucking crazy. Literally anything and everything that could happen to the Commanders freaking happens to him. Yeah, and like obviously we hope he's okay and he can. You know, not even just return to the football, but just be okay and be able to, like, you know, function normally and everything like that. Hopefully that happens fast. But, like, Antonio Gibson's a Pro, a pro Bowl caliber running back. Like, I don't think there'll be it, – it won't be a bad running back room, but there's his, definitely his, room for improvement in it. His preseason's been really bad, too. He's and, struggled really badly so far. And, you know, J.D. McKissick is kind of like a diet Christian McCaffrey in a way. Yeah. Do it both ways, but I just don't know, man. I don't know what to expect from this group at all. And one of the things that nobody really talked about last year is Washington has four first round picks as their starting defensive linemen. All four of them, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young, all first round picks. And they were maybe or no, they were the worst third down defense last season. The worst. That's insane. They underachieved so badly last year after they kind of dominated in 2020. They were one uh, of the best defenses in the league two years ago. And then like, what yeah. the hell happened? They just went bottom up last year. So I don't know. So, like this, honestly, this might be the last chance for Carson Wentz to like, or to and, at least and, be a guaranteed starter, you know? And you know what? Sam Howell's right there. If you know, he doesn't play that well. And obviously Heineke's still in that room, but I think if Wentz doesn't play that well, it'd, it'd be a good opportunity for them to start Howell a couple of times and see what he's capable of because obviously he's a rookie. He was pretty good in college. Like, what's this guy got in him? For sure. Um, next up, defending uh, division champs, Dallas Cowboys. Is this finally going to be the Cowboys make it back to the Super Bowl? Uh, I'm just going to say this right now. No. Because two reasons. One, the Cowboys got worse this offseason. Um, last year they had maybe the best quartet of receivers in the league. Now two of them are gone and third one's hurt. Uh, and also their like league leading offensive line, like two third or I think two out of their five starters are gone. One of them's injured. Um, their defense is going to be really good, but their offense got worse. And to top it off, uh, nobody ever wins the AFC or the NFC East two years in a row, and they won it last year. So good division, Eagles. <laughs> so and this speaking, is such a oh, go ahead. yeah. Go no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was gonna say this is this is a really weird one, like Washington, but for entirely different reasons. Like yeah, th- this one to me, I mentioned it with Jacksonville with the offensive coaching staff being the most important thing, and honestly. I would say the same thing for the Cowboys too. Like the chemistry that Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott have together, you know, it's established. We know Dak's good and we know Kellen Moore can be a good play caller, but with the new guys they've brought in and the guys they've lost, can they keep that going? And just, and basically just outscore guys, because if they can't do that, we know how messy the NFC East can get and how quickly it can start happening. Yeah. That you, uh, you may end up falling into a hole. You can't get out of it if something doesn't go right. All I'll say is I'm looking forward to Sean Payton being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys next year. So <laughs> it's going to yeah, happen. I, Call it right yeah. now. If they don't at least get to the NFC title game, I don't see Mike McCarthy returning next season. 
Oh, they've got to get to the Super Bowl if McCarthy's going to keep his job. Like it, which that would be hilarious because too. he's like a total lame duck coach. And what if they just fuck around and win the Super Bowl? And Jerry Jones is like, shit, now I have to keep him. <laughs> it. It's it's like uh, Phil Jackson in the last dance where, yeah. you know, Jerry Krause told him, I don't care if you go 82 and know you're fucking done after this season. Like it wouldn't even shock me if Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy sit down like week five and like, you could win the damn Super Bowl this year and finally get me that ring I wanted. You're still out of here. Uh, actually, that wouldn't even be the first time Jerry Jones has done that because he nope. fired Jimmy Johnson after they beat the Bills the second time. And then he I won seven NASCAR Cup championships. So how'd that work out for him? Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have any other thoughts on the Eagles? Or sorry, the Cowboys? No, but I do have thoughts on the Eagles. Well, let's hear them. <laughs> Um, I know we're not picking division winners quite yet, but uh, I'm interested with the Eagles this uh, up-and-coming season. Uh, I think this is a big redemption uh, arc starting to... I don't want to say it's it's starting to climb up that hill as uh, they were the ones that were on the receiving end of the uh, A.J. Brown trade as they picked up him in the wide receiver room. And Jalen Hurts knows how to scramble, so there's yeah. that. The Eagles had one of the best off-seasons. Um, they're a team that made the playoffs ahead of schedule in their rebuild. And I honestly don't see a reason why they shouldn't win this division this year. Their roster is loaded. They've got two of the best young receivers, at least maybe not best right now, but give it a year or two, they will probably be the best. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith lining up on opposite ends of the field. It's hard to beat that. Yeah. Their offensive line's pretty decent still they've got some solid guys on the defense i mean key here might be miles sanders honestly and yeah him staying healthy they have gardner Minshew. yeah who is like living in a bus for all of the offseason wait can we can we take this real quick that if the eagles do win this division and make it the playoffs and it hurts gets hurt uh play on the name in some way we get to see gardner Minshew in the playoffs hell Yes, not well, ready for any injuries. injuries but but. No, no, but I want him to have his uh, uh, Nick Foll arc. Yeah, as long as they don't beat the Patriots doing it, I would not be opposed. I'm so I down. do not need to see that happen again. <laughs> the Patriots in the playoffs, the New York Giants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good spin. I like that one. <laughs> Will Daniel Jones prove he should be a starter or is he headed for a life of clipboard holding? Honestly, this team, I could easily see them finishing last in division. Uh, here's why. Uh, Saquon Barkley has been the most questionable running back. Uh, one, he's like McCaffrey can't stay healthy, but he hasn't been productive when he gets back. Uh, their wide receiver room can't stay healthy either. Um, they Ted Sterling Shepard and uh, a bunch of other guys as well. Um, they did pick up somebody in the draft. I can't remember his name. If somebody can rattle. Oh, on Thibodeau. Yes, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, there I you go. Um, I don't know. This team weirdly plays close defensive. Like they have a good defense at sometimes against really weird teams, um, like the Bears. But you know, yeah. I would and... say this. I think Daniel Jones has finally been set free. Because the, the Joe Judge regime is gone. The this, Dave Gettleman yeah. regime is gone. The Pat you Shermer regime in, is gone. You've got a guy in Brian Dayball again. The jury's out still on 
you know, no, no, definitely a play on Joe Judge. But the jury's still out on whether or not he can be a good head coach. But like McDaniels, we know how good of a coordinator he can be. Like, I can definitely see him throwing for maybe 3,500, maybe 4,000 yards tops with Dayball now in his back pocket. But I think the wide receiver room is going to be the determining factor in how that goes. Because if they're healthy, that's actually a solid core, but they they really can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they are a massive question mark. They, they they could be boom or bust. I mean, the NFC East is stupid. We don't know what Dayball's going to be as a head coach. Um. There's talent, but like Daniel Jones' entire career is just those gifts where you're like, yes, yes, yeah, no, shit, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so who knows? Like, it, it, it's honestly tough looking back at it. Like, it's been tough to evaluate him really for his entire career with just how much turnover that team has had since Tom Coughlin retired from there. Like, th- there's. They, they can't keep the same group of coaches or staff or anything there longer than like two or three years. So it's really difficult to evaluate not just the quarterback, but really every position to see who's a fit and who isn't. And so it's just been this hodgepodge for now, the better part of a decade, trying to figure out what the key is and who's going to be there when they get successful again. Yeah. Who knows? Who do we got for this division? I've got the Eagles. So. I got the Eagles. God, I don't I don't want to pick this. Like <laughs> I don't I I know I'm going to be wrong in whoever I pick. Well, you yeah. can't be the Cowboys, you know the trend. But you got it. Yeah. If you pick the Cowboys, your your chances increase. So, or if you don't pick the Screw Cowboys, it. sorry. Screw it, give me the Eagles. All right. Might as yeah, well. I, I think they're the safe pick. The NFC North are the Bears in for a long rebuild. Or is this a solid team held back by awful coaching? Yes. <laughs> 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 uh, I think the, ba- the Bears are up there with a team that we will still talk about for the worst roster in the league. That said, uh, Justin Fields still played really well in preseason. Um, I know it's against second and third stringers. Uh, I don't know what the fuck the Bears are doing. Um, they went out and hired Matt Eberflus, who is a defensive minded coach when they have a young quarterback. It's like the Bears forget that you're supposed to score points. You're not just supposed to prevent other people from scoring points because this has just been them for 50 years. Um, they're going to be bad, though. I think that's that's my prediction. It would not surprise me, though, if Darnell Mooney pops off for like 1,600 receiving yards this year. That dude is probably the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. True. And if Hebben Fields can get hooked up pretty quick, that could be a damn good duo. Dude, I don't think we really have many other thoughts about the Bears. That's really it. They're not good. Keep them rolling, rolling, rolling. The Detroit Lions, uh, stars of Hard Knocks this year. Uh, They have captured the hearts of millions, including myself. And can Jared Goff lead this team back to relevancy, implying they were relevant at some point? Or will we see the same old Lions? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think the Lions are going to be the Jaguars of the NFC. They're going to surprise people. They're going to be better than people think. They're going to win like seven games. But you, at the end of this year, you're going to be like, all right, all right. We, we, we something to build on. Um, They have been fantastic on Hard Knocks also, I might add. They've been very good. Dan Campbell is amazing. Uh, and Jared Goff is a lot better than I think people give him credit for. That's that's my he, hot take. And I'm standing on it. And they've <laughs> got a decent offense too like 
They've got top, talent. Their top three receivers are Amon Ross St. Brown. That dude's going to be really good. Oh, James yeah. Williams, he could be really good. And they picked up DJ Chark in the offseason. He's not that bad either. Yeah, They've got yeah. Hawkinson as the Keep tight end healthy. still. Swift is their running back. Like, that's honestly a pretty damn solid offense. And, uh, but, oh my God, what is their first round pick's name this year? Uh, Chad Hutchinson, right? Yeah. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. Or Aiden Hutchinson. Why did yeah. I say Chad? Yeah, the, the one that... The fuck the did I get that... Chad from? <laughs> real Chad hours. Yeah. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson looks like the real deal as well. And like, he's saying Billy Joel in front of the whole team on Hard Knocks, so that was pretty cool too. Yeah, Aiden like, Hutchinson is the dude that, like, once the Jags passed on him, the the lines were like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, took him in that, and now they have him, so. Yeah. He so If, think, if I... he pans out, he can be the face of the Lions. I think those two are like 1A and 1B in terms of number number one overall picks. I don't think he could have gone wrong with either of them. But yeah. the oh, hometown absolutely. kid ended up on his hometown team, and that's still pretty damn cool. But, yeah, you know, sure. it wouldn't it wouldn't even surprise me, even as a rookie, if he goes out there and gets like 12, 13, maybe even 15 sacks. Like, kid's good. Oh, yeah. They're still a couple years away from, you know, being contenders. But, I mean, shit, they're, they got a pretty solid core to work with, though. Yep. Uh, speaking of a solid core, the the Green Bay Packers uh, mm-hmm. is Rodgers going to be affected by the loss of Devontae Adams? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, all, I really say about that. <laughs> that's yeah. all I can say about it. I mean, your I mean, receiving cause... room is what? Marquez Valdez Scantling, or is he not on the team anymore? No, he's on Kansas him. City now. They lost oh, him that's Kansas right. City. So it's Alan Lazard, old ass Randall Cobb. And that's and, some ra- some rookies that he doesn't like. So. And it's crazy because like Rogers has for years complained about not having a lot of receiver talent. Now they have less. And he's still resigned. After that said, spending an entire season saying, "Hey, I don't know if I'm going to be back here. I don't know if I'm going to be back here. Now give me 150 million dollars, and I'll come back here." And you know what the crazy thing is? They're probably still going to be a 13 win team. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Every <laughs> fucking year, yeah, this always I- happens with them. Matt LaFleur yeah. is allergic to not winning 13 games. This is a messy. I mean, that's the thing is it's like a messy division. You just don't know. And the Packers are always going to beat up on the division rivals. So it's a free six wins. And pretty like, much. And that's really yeah. all you need with that. division. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I don't, I don't know if there's much to talk about on the Packers. Nope. Uh, another team where there's not a lot to talk about. Oh, uh, the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's they, one of those weird things where they changed their head coach and not really much else. Cause like usually the new coach comes in and they're like, all right, we're doing things the O'Connell way. And then he was like, no, nah, we'll just keep like Kirk cousins and Je- uh, uh, Jefferson and uh, Dalvin cook and this whole team. And we'll just, I don't know, run it back again, I guess. I don't but know. They, they did yeah. get Jalen Rager. True. <laughs> Somebody's got to ca- catch like, 30 passes for 600 yards on the season. So, yeah, they, they, they finally have their guy to do that now. So they'll yeah. be good. But, you know, <laughs> Jefferson and Thielen still a really good top two. KJ Osborne's a solid number three. Dalvin Cook, we know how good he can be, but when healthy. him staying healthy is the, the big question there. Yeah. You know, Irv I, Smith missed all of last season, but he's a solid tight end. Cousins, we saw how good he was. It, it's a solid offensive unit, but. Not good enough to beat the Packers. Yeah, I think they could be a wild card. Um, Kirk Cousins played really well last year. It was their defense was just some butt ass shit, and they lost like eight games by one score. So, and they uh, didn't really improve the defense that much either. Besides Zadarius Smith, who obviously is a very solid player, but 
they need more yeah. help than that. They just need like more clutch performance and they can or... be like an 11 win team. Uh, but I got the Packers winning this division and I feel like yeah, I'm not it's... alone in that. You No, you were not. Yeah. Yeah. I, as much as I want to pick literally other, any other team, I, I think the Packers are going to sw- just find a way. Yeah. Um, the NFC South, uh, my entire prediction for this division was thrown out of because I re- very recently, about an hour ago, found out that Tom Brady has, in fact, not retired. <laughs> so uh, can the 45 year old Tom Brady lead this team back to the promised land? Uh, let's all say in unison. Ready? One, two, three. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Coordination not there, but we got the point. Close enough. Um, I mean, this is like the best roster in the league with the best quarterback in the league who's 45 and he's still this fucking good pisses me off um (laughs) most people get old tom brady apparently doesn't uh yeah i mean just pencil him in for the playoffs i'm less than half his age and i still can't do shit yeah (laughs) i'm 27 and i'm dealing with a hip injury right now like that's that's where i'm at (laughs) And I also want to point out with this this team as well, you know, Gronk retired again, which obviously from yeah. a personal standpoint of Brady to Gronk, that'll just affect wait for him a little bit. Wait for but, week 11. But Cameron Brate isn't a terrible tight end like that. That'll still be decent. Yeah. And if it means anything as well, Julio Jones is going to be their number four wide receiver. <laughs> That, like Matt, that, if you had said that about five years ago, you'd be like, "Wow, that's a stack roster." Oh <laughs> like, what God. the fuck? Yeah, just give like, it like until week twelve or after Thanksgiving when Julian Edelman and Gronk are back. So, like, Evan, I, they got Evans, they got you know Godwin still. Russell Gage, they picked up from Atlanta. That's a sneaky good signing for them. I don't yeah. think anybody really talked about that at all. You know, they got Julio Jones because that whole thing with the Titans did not pan out at all. Solid think, running backs. It's and it's Brady. Yeah, ain't much else. And to touch on Jones for a second, I really think he gives me some Antonio Brown vibes. Like he's he'll do a little bit in the regular season, but he'll like pop off if they make the playoffs. Oh yeah, like I I yeah. can see it with how you know Jones steps up to the plate. But we'll have to see if he's good. Oh, better than how he was last season with his injury at the start of the season and his and, production after that. And they've got one of the best secondaries in the NFL. They've got Shaq Barrett and Levante David still lining up beside each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they've got the best nose tackle in the league, Vita Vea. They got some solid defensive ends. Like, this is still a really, really good team. The only issue is the amount of offensive line injuries they have had in the preseason. Yeah. That- they, they had about three or four guys go down in the span of about a week yeah. that were all projected to be starters. So they, they got to get that fixed up quick. Especially Brady, with how if Brady's 45 and he yeah. didn't even move that much and he was 25. Yeah, so. he was already not a mobile quarterback. Yeah. And now he's yeah. like going to be on AARP in 10 years. And that's the thing, too, is like he gets hit at this age. He might not come back. So. <laughs> it's going to turn to <laughs> it, dust. It's like, it's like Brett Favre's. into the soil. Or the turf. It's like Brett Favre's last year with the Vikings. Dude, we could breathe on him and just break something. So yeah. <laughs> who knows? A, have you ever, there's this parody sports movie called the replacements i think is what it's called uh or fuck i i think that's what it's called but there's a scene where it's like 80 year old rocky is boxing 
and he's like geriatric <laughs> and he like it. stumbles into the ring and the other guy punches him and he just explodes into a cloud of dust. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Uh speaking of uh Julio Jones former team, the Atlanta Falcons uh have Marcus Mariota and rookie Desmond Ritter as their quarterbacks. Are they the long-term answers or are they in for another rough year? Well, they uh have a short-term answer in Mariota because he's going to be the starter I think for week 1. Yeah, he'll be the starter until about week 10, and then he gets his inevitable injury, unfortunately. And uh, no disrespect against Mariota, but this is the worst roster in the NFL, I think. Who who are the guys on the, the Falcons? They've got, they drafted Drake London this year. Kyle Pitts is top five tight end in the NFL, even in his second year. Yeah. Cordero Patterson is still chugging along somehow. Dude's still pretty Which damn is, good. It's crazy because like the Falcons are the team that unlocked him, and it just so happens they to did. be on a really shitty team. And they've got like the, one of the best kickers in the NFL, you know, Young yeah. Waku. Who's that dude? Yeah. That's all that said. That's I'll give Arthur really Smith some credit. Lost. Yeah, Arthur Smith deserved credit because he drug this team to seven wins last year, which is impressive. Um, but and it wouldn't be as bad if Ridley wasn't suspended. Yeah. He's obviously going to be a non-factor this season. Brady yeah. Jarrett's really the lone bright spot on the defensive side. and That's about where the good stuff stops at this point. There's just not much to write home about for this team yet. It would, like, I see their ceiling being six or seven wins again. Yeah, honestly. They overachieved last year, and they did not get better, unfortunately. They lost their 14 year franchise quarterback and 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 Mariota isn't bad, but he was wasn't Matt Ryan. So, yeah, yikes. Um, The Carolina Panthers made some news. They acquired Baker Mayfield. Can Baker be the team that takes them to the playoffs or is a coaching change necessary? This is one of the most intriguing teams this year, because I think Baker is a big upgrade over Sam Darnold. Um, that said, this team revolves around Christian McCaffrey and McCaffrey's gotten hurt two years in a row and it's coincided two years in a row with the, the Panthers getting off to hot starts and then falling apart. Um, I don't know. I think they could win eight or nine games. Uh, there's some talent on this roster. Uh, DJ Moore, Rashard Higgins, obviously McCaffrey, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Was their backup running back? While we're on this, what the hell happened to Robbie Anderson? Oh, I, yeah, I forgot about Robbie Anderson. He's just crazy. I mean, he had he had a thousand yard season in twenty twenty, and then last year five hundred and nineteen. Well, he had Sam but, Darnold and uh, washed up Cam Newton as his quarterbacks. So, but it's understandable. But yeah. still, it's like. But you remember, know, even sometimes back. you can. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll see a more focused Baker Mayfield. The biggest question is coaching because uh, Matt Rule is coaching for his job this year. And who knows? So I think they could win nine or ten games, but they could also win like six. But they've got, uh, yeah. got a decent defensive line. Like Henry Anderson's not too bad. Brian Burns is an underrated defensive end. Utah yeah. Gross Matos isn't that bad. Like, 
there are definitely some bright spots on the defensive side, but I mean, I hope Baker does good. I just don't know what their potential is. It, like you mentioned, it all relies on McCaffrey at this point, really. Yeah. And whether Matt Rule can stand of his own way. And finally, New Orleans Saints. Uh, Sean Payton shocked the world with his retirement. Uh, by retirement, I mean his one-year vacation before he goes and coaches the Cowboys next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with him gone and Michael Thomas back, what are the Saints capable of? Uh, I don't know, because I feel like Sean Payton was the dude that kept this team together, in a sense. Yeah, Payton, losing Payton is definitely an issue because he is one of the, the best offensive minds in the NFL. But this team on paper, they have an absolutely stacked defense. I mean, this is a team that held Brady's Bucks at the height of their power last year, scoreless in a primetime game. Um, Jameis Winston's back and we know what good Jameis Winston can be before he got hurt. He was playing incredibly well. Uh, Alvin Kamara's back. Michael Thomas is finally back. Jarvis Landry's there. They drafted Chris Olave too. Yeah. Uh, That's going to be a solid wide receiver core. Went out and got Tyron Matthew as well. Brought him home to LSU or not LSU back to Louisiana. Um, I got Lattimore. This team could be pretty friggin' good if they yeah, stay. Yeah, they can, they can the around least, for a wild card spot. Yeah. At yeah. the very least, I think it's the best defense in the division. Maybe you could make the argument, maybe one of the best defenses in the NFC. Yeah. I could definitely see them going to a wild card, but I can't see them finishing ahead of the box. And they have Andy Dalton as their backup. Yeah. The Daltonissants. <laughs> so. Dude, you got the Bucks winning this division. Garrett, how about you? Yeah, I mean, it feels wrong to bet against Brady. I don't. I think it's going to be a closer gap though than it has been in past years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I could see it being maybe only one or two games separating them from maybe New Orleans or Carolina, but I still think they'll get it done. Uh, I'm just going to point this out there. Tom Brady in the regular season since he's been in the NFC South is 0-4 against the Saints. Give me the Saints for the division. I'm taking it! It's Jameis Winston time! (laughs) That's one of the, I think, the dumbest stat that could possibly come out. It's like Drew Brees has been the best quarterback in that division for 15 years, and he finally leaves. And then Tom Brady comes in, who's probably one of the only quarterbacks that's ever played the game that's better than Drew Brees's, and yet he still can't beat the Saints. Yeah. There's just some damn teams that somehow always play a couple of guys tougher than anybody else. I was going to say, it's like when the Patriots go to Miami. They always play bad in Miami. And guess where they're going week one. <laughs> that's right. But before we get there, we got to go west to the 49ers who restructured Jimmy Garoppolo's contract last week. Uh, he's been on the trade block for like six months and now he's just like, yeah, I'm staying. Uh, oh God. Did I ever make that tweet of where it's like Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers and it's the clip from the Wolf of Wall Street where he's like, I'm not fucking leaving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently everybody's just cool with it. And they're like, Hey, uh, Trey Lance, the guy that we, that you're replacing, he's just going to hang out if you're cool with that. And he's like, all right. And they're like, Hey Jimmy, I know we benched you. Are you cool? Just hanging out. And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll even take less money for it. 
So <laughs> I don't know if Jimmy G's getting cucked or if he's just like, whatever, I'm just hanging out. So, yep. Uh, they both get caught up in a uh, tax fraud ring. And by week five, Brock Purdy is their starter, and they're going to win. So I'm back, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is Trey Lance good enough, though, to keep the team in contention, or are they going to have to come back to Jimmy G? It's tough. Like This, this is the crazy thing about this, is I have a hard time ruling any judgment on Trey Lance either way, because we haven't seen it. Like, I've heard people be like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is way better than Trey Lance. I'm like, we've seen Trey is Lance play, like, one game. Yeah. I don't know if we can definitively say that either way. But the 49ers are in a position where not only did they draft him third overall, they traded up to go get him. You have to start him now. Like, you can't like, it, not it, it start It better him. fucking work. Yeah. Or that's so. an all-time L if it doesn't. But, I mean, I guess since they kept Jimmy Garoppolo around and Jimmy G's just like, yeah, I'll be the dude if we need him, but this is Trey's team. And it's like, okay, that's weird, but all right. <laughs> I mean, they've, they got the wide receiver talent. Ayuk and Debo are two of the best. They got yeah. George Kittle, obviously still the running backs are the long running. Though. I was going to say there was the long running thing about whether or not Debo was even going to be there. Cause originally he requested, that too, he wanted out of there. Yeah. They got that taken care of, and you got all that money, but they can't have... I Have they even started the same running back three weeks in a row in the last know. like three years? Because like, everyone that they get keeps getting hurt at some point. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of the most loaded rosters in the NFC, though. Um, but also like one of the most injury-prone rosters, because yeah. Kittle missed some time last year. Jimmy G missed time last year. Debo, I think, did as well. Like, they... Ayuk was MIA I need to get for a some good better training staff, man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit, but who knows? Trey Lance is still a complete unknown. Uh, another team that has big boomer bust potential written all over it is the Arizona Cardinals, uh, which we didn't even talk about. Kyler Murray's extension. What a messy offseason. So first you have Murray deletes everything Cardinals related off of his social media presence. Uh, right after playing one of the worst playoff games I've ever seen. And then they work out a deal to keep him there. He's not getting traded. And then they sign the big contract right after Deshaun Watson and it has a clause in it that that says that Kyler Murray has to study outside of football for four hours a week. Um, and this was after rumors had come out of his his body language and his attitude in the locker room and also his like gaming addiction or whatever. Um which was just weird. And then Kyler Murray had to go up there and answer questions about it. And then like two days later, they removed that clause from his contract and it was just a bizarre spectacle. But, uh, it, and, Oh, and Andre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games for PEDs. Um, so obviously we're going to ask how much can they improve? But the biggest question is this is a team that falls apart at the end of the year. And they're without their best playmaker on offense. Like, are they going to remain good at the start? Like, are, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's hard for them to fall apart at the end of the season if they start off rough because they're missing Hopkins, right? Yeah, if, miss- if, if history repeats itself, they'll probably fall off again. But again, like, they're missing their best offensive player. So if, if they go, like, 
what's he suspended? Six games? If they go like three and three without him, that might not even be enough to get them in the playoffs. Yeah. Carrot, what were you going to ask? Um, didn't something happen with Marquise Brown too that they acquired? Oh, uh, they, they well, so they, they acquired Marquise Brown for a first rounder and everybody was like, what the hell? And then the next day it was like, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. And they're like, oh, that's why. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Marquise Brown got arrested last month for uh, speeding. Oh, shit. I didn't hear about that. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. So in, the, the laws in Arizona are different, though, because I think in Arizona, criminal speeding is like 80 miles per hour or faster. Ah, uh, okay. So that the laws are a bit different, but still not ideal, obviously. And you know, they, they still have A.J. Green. They got Rondale Moore. They still got Zach Ertz as their starting tenant. It's still a solid offensive unit. Yeah. We know how good Buda Baker is. J.J. Watt, we know how good he's been. Hopefully he can stay healthy, though, which he's had a lot of trouble doing. Yeah, this the, is a really odd one. Yeah, the biggest question for me is is the coaching staff. And it's like, is Cliff Kingsbury out if they collapse at the end of the year again? But they just signed him to a big ass extension. Wouldn't so. it be the first time they uh, a team extends somebody and then fires them. It would not shock me if Kingsbury's gone, if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, the Cardinals are a bizarre <laughs> team, though. Moving on to the defending NFC champion Rams is a Super Bowl re. Sorry, not defending NFC champs. The defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, I mean, they got both. Yeah. Uh, is a repeat in the cards, or are they in for a backwards slide? What do y'all think? I, there. I just, I don't really know who in the a- NFC could really, it, I mean, because as we said with the Bucks and the Saints going at each other, uh, I just don't know who can step up and take it to the Rams. I just, yeah. I, I, I just don't know. Like, I mean, there's it, nobody else that has a complete team like they do. It could yeah. be Green Bay, but I don't think there's anybody that would want to see that happen. Well, look at yeah. it this way. They went out and signed Allen Robinson. And when OBJ is fully healed, he's probably going to be re-signed as well. So, And they like went out and offense. got Allen Robinson. Yeah, so that's what I just said. <laughs> Uh, Shit. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Ain't no way that was looped in like two seconds. Um, <laughs> when you say that again, we need to say it again. Alan Robinson to the Rams. You guys hear? Yeah, Alan Robinson's on the Rams, by the way. No, that's uh, crazy. No. <laughs> I mean, Cooper Cup had the historically good season. Yeah. And, uh, and if you didn't hear, they went out and got Alan Robinson. No way. Um, <laughs> what team is he on now? I uh, think the Rams. Oh shit, man! That's uh, crazy. Underrated tight end in Tyler Higby. Dude's pretty solid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I so. think, I mean, I think there's questions with the the running back carousel because Cam Akers should be healthy. We'll see. And then behind him, you got Daryl Henderson. So I just, that's the only question mark I really have for the offense um, at the moment. Um, yeah. And, how, and obviously, how much longer can Matthew Stafford keep chugging away? But crazy part to me is they lost Vaughn Miller, who is such a good talent, and they replaced him with Bobby Wagner, who is arguably almost as good. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby Wagner is a future Hall of Famer. They they replaced future Hall of Famer with future Hall of Famer, pretty much. And mm-hmm. and they got another future Hall of Famer, Aaron Donald, still one of the best defensive tackles to ever play the game. Yeah. And, Although he needs to stop fighting people. Whether or not he'd yeah. retire. Yeah. So. And also future Hall of Famer, Allen Robinson. <laughs> I wonder uh, what team got, he's on. I think the Rams. Uh, I think the Rams, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and finally, <laughs> this bit needs to die. Uh, this is the title of the episode. Allen Robinson to the Rams. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, the Seahawks with a quarterback room consisting of Geno Smith Man. and Drew Locke. Can this team even reach 500? And how much longer will Pete Carroll remain coach? I think they can oh, get to boy. 500 if they get Allen Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> what team would they have to acquire that from? Uh, I think the Rams. <laughs> oh, that's right. What's the Rams? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's the whole huzzah that they were going to sign Jimmy Garoppolo whenever the. 49ers cut him and then the 49ers just never cut Jimmy Garoppolo. So they're like, ah shit. <laughs> so uh Gina Smith won the starting job. And uh I... unfortunately it robs us of the Drew Lock revenge game week one, unfortunately. But uh yeah, this team's gonna be bad. They're not gonna I mean, be very good. It also doesn't help that. You know, Chris Carson unfortunately had to retire because of that yeah. neck injury he sustained. But they've got they drafted Kenneth Walker, and that he may end up being the best running back to come out of this draft. So they oh, yeah. they replaced a really good running back with potentially another really good running back. They locked up Metcalf. Lockett's still sitting there. They got Fant in the Russ trade. So they like offense, it's not terrible, but they need a better quarterback. Yeah, and I think I think Geno Smith's a little better than people give him credit for. I don't think he's the worst quarterback in the league. He was all right when he played last year. Um, But it is Pete Carroll's wet dream to win nine games with Geno Smith as his quarterback. I feel like. I feel like he wants to challenge himself for once. Yeah. (laughs) The defense is a big question mark, too, which imagine saying that with how good those Legion of Boom teams were. Yeah. But like. I, I can't really name anybody else besides Jamal Adams on that defense that really stands out. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, they, they've been pushing the idea of a rebuild back for like six years, and now it's finally facing them because Russell Wilson's gone. Um, who do we got winning the West? I'm going uh, with the Rams. You got a pencil in the Rams. Yeah, the Rams have Allen Robinson, so I'm going to go with them. Yeah, I think he's a game changer holy shit they got Allen robinson Allen robinson is gonna be fucking number two behind coop yeah so that is our uh game by game prediction or not game uh team by team predictions uh shall we get into oh right now actually let's do our quick uh super bowl predictions who do you got oh man jaguars lions here we go <laughs> I I kind of wish because those are my top two teams, but uh, unfortunately, sounds like a good Thursday game. Yeah, it sounds like a really good Thursday game. Oh, yeah. Um, it's hard to not pick Bills and Rams for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Rams have Allen Robinson, and <laughs> the Bills have literally everything but the running game. Yeah, that they have a chance to prove this season. Um. My, I mean, my dark horse picks for to make the AFC uh, or be the AFC champion would be the Chargers, and on the NFC side, it would probably be, you know, I would say the Saints. That's an interesting one. Dewey, how about you? Man, uh, this is this is actually pretty tough, but give me the Bills over Bucks. Ooh. A good one. Uh, I'm gonna go with the basic bitch one, and I'm gonna pick Bills Rams as well. Basic I think, bitch. 
Yeah. Um, and what's convenient is Bills Rams is also the first game of the season. It's kicking off this Thursday. Who you guys got? Um, going with the Bills for no other reason than they're playing at home. They're they're in LA though. Shit, are they actually? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm a moron. Well, I'm picking. Holy wow. Okay, well I'm gonna go with the Rams for the sole reason that they're at home. No, nah, I'm gonna pick the Bills because they're at home. See, this is the interesting thing. If this game was in Buffalo, 100% Bills. But because it's in LA, I'm like, hmm. could go either way. I, yeah, also, this is, it's a coin any, flip. Yeah. And uh, for any future listeners, I'm not high right now. <laughs> You're stupid. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Bills as well. So, finally, or not finally? What the fuck am I talking about here? Finally, yeah. Let's see. this another uh, divisional matchup. My stupidity is rubbing off. Underrated. Uh, division rivalry, Saints-Falcons. I think um, this is an easy win for the Saints. Yeah, same. I'm Agreed. Saints. Yep. Uh, Hopefully with that game we get to see Ritter out on the field because if they get clapped so hard, they're going to put their back up in. Yeah. The Baker-Mayfield revenge game. The Browns travel to Carolina to visit Baker in his new town. Who you guys got? Uh... I'm going to pick the Panthers because uh, the Browns haven't won a f- first game of the season in like a decade. That's a very good pick. Uh, I'm going to lock the Panthers. I knew it. There yeah. you go. I don't I yeah. don't care what the fuck happens the rest of the year. I just I want Baker to just fucking destroy the Panthers week or the, the Browns week one. Yeah, give me the Panthers. I think it'll be a close game, but the Panthers will get it done. Yeah. Oh, baby, this one's going to be tough. It's 49ers versus the Bears. This has, oh, some, barn, this has some barn burner energy. Yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm going to take the daring pick and say the 49ers are going to win. <laughs> I'm going to pick the 49ers, too. That's not too far fetched. You know what? Rookie Don't coach do, no, in his no, first home game. No. Give me the Bears. No, not a Bears pick. Uh even after they traded Allen Robinson. <laughs> uh, Steelers, Bengals. Uh, I don't I don't know, because the way that the, the Steelers left the playoffs last year has me thinking that this will be a revenge game for them. Uh, but in but still uh, give me the Bengals just because they're hot. Yeah, they've beat the Steelers three times in a row now. Yeah, like. Uh, make it four bongles. Bongles. Oh no, we can't unanimously pick the bongles, can we? Oh no. <laughs> well, we did. So, Eagles, oh. Lions. Oh, man. This one's I, tough. This one's tough. Um, so give me Eagles. <laughs> I've been gassing them up, and I feel I feel wrong not winning or not picking the line. Fuck. Give me the Lions. Let's go. They're one of that. They're riding that hard knocks high. Come on. Dan uh, Campbell I'm... went for it on fourth down twice in the first quarter of week one last season. Bring that energy again. Come on. I'm going Eagles with this one. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Colts Texans. It's the AFC South. Who fucking knows? Uh, I'd say Colts. Cares. It's the Colts. Colts. Yeah. Have yeah, yeah I would Colts as well. I wouldn't say this is an easy dub, but Colts. Yeah. P- 
Patriots Dolphins in Miami. Ooh, in that case, probably the Dolphins. With, I with feel the, like an awful human being picking against the team I've rooted for <laughs> my entire life, but this has Dolphins win written all over it. Yeah, especially with all of the hype that's been around Tua in the offseason, they better win this game. So give me the Dolphins. And the Dolphins have beaten the Patriots like three or four times in a row now, too. So they're they're on a good little streak with them. Oh, yeah. The revenge game of the season. Get out of here, Baker Mayfield. Get out of here, Russell Wilson. It's the Joe Flacco revenge game versus the Ravens. I don't even know if he's going to start, but hopefully he does. He, he is. He's the week one starter. Oh, okay. Um, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm going I'm to take the Ravens. On I'm going to take the Ravens, too. Yeah. Yeah, Ravens, but I think it'll be under 10 points. Like, it's it's not. Like, I think this one will be stupidly close when it shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. This game stupidly close. Yeah, I was going to say, this game's got Thursday night written all over it. Or, like, set, like Sunday late season 10 a.m. game that nobody wants to watch. Jaguars, Washington. Oh, my sorry. God. Jaguars, Commanders. Let me get that right. I got to pick the Jaguars in week one. I just, they either win the first, they either do a first game, last game win, and that's it. I mean, I just don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully they're not satisfied with just one win this time. I'm going to take the Jags as well. The commanders are a mess. Give me the Jags. Oh, no. Now they're going to lose because we all picked them. Unanimous <laughs> Jaguars. Let's go. That never works out. <laughs> this is a weird week one matchup. Giants-Titans. That feels uh, gross. Dang. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I don't even want to watch this game if it was on. <laughs> I can't. E- Actually, no, I can't think of a Giants-Titans game. It was in 2006. That's how my brain works. <laughs> you know what? Give me the Giants. Ooh, spicy. Ooh. I'm going to pick the Titans. Yeah, same. I just, how do you pick the Giants here? Uh, Uh, By saying that you're going to pick the Giants. Nope, not going to do it. This is a huge week one game here. Chiefs at Cardinals. This is intriguing. A lot of question marks with both teams on whether they can produce the boom or not, but give me the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs for no other reason than DeAndre Hopkins won't play. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. I think they're still the Chiefs, you know. I couldn't type Chiefs there for a second. Uh, Raiders, Chargers, that week 18 rematch on... Uh, or no, that one's not on Sunday nights during the day, but still. Huge game of the division. Give me the Chorgers. Week 18 still feels so wrong to say, yet it was such yeah. a good game. Uh, You know what? I think the Raiders will go back to back. Week 18 and week one. Yep, I'm taking the Raiders as well. Mm, taking my boys. Boy. Oh, I'm going to be big boy. Another great division rivalry game. Packers at Vikings. Uh, Packers. Dewey, what do you think? Vikings, screw it. Ooh. I knew I had a feeling he was gonna pick Vikings. Part of me wants to go Vikings, but my gut's telling me Packers, so I'm gonna take Packers. 
Oh, baby. The game that ripped my heart out week one last season. Buccaneers at Cowboys Sunday night. Wait for Sunday night. Uh, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay because why not? Love me some Tom Brady, but I think the Cowboys are going to get revenge for last year. Oh, that is spicy. Uh, Fuck it. Give me the Cowboys as well. They got to win one of these big games eventually, right? (laughs) Maybe. It's a good time to start. Yeah. And finally, the second best revenge game of the season or of the week. Russell Wilson and his new Broncos travel back to Seattle to face Geno Smith and the 12th man. I am locking the Broncos. (sighs) Well, you stole my lock, so I got to go back and lock on somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) I love how we both were sitting on that like, ooh, easy lock. Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos as well. I'm going to take Wait, the Broncos. I just locked the Broncos against Drew Locke. Can I do that? Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did I just break the space-time continuum? Oh, no. He locked against Locke. <laughs> well, um, since Why I didn't get ball? the lock... Since I didn't get the lock previously, I'm gonna lock the Ravens against the Jets, because why not? That's that's a pretty good pick. Yeah. Alright. That is uh that's week one. Cannot wait. God, I've been waiting. I feel like I've been waiting forever for football to come back. Um I wonder if we should split this up in two parts. Just a tidbit thought. <laughs> yeah, well we'll see when I edit it. If it's a two parter, maybe. Um anyway. I'm looking forward to just seeing my man Baker Mayfield face his old team in his new town. and Oh, it's going to be so special. Oh, baby. Um, See Mac Jones get the break speed off of him, unfortunately. Yeah. But, hey, football's back, and that's cool. Yeah. Any closing thoughts, you guys? Uh, Go Tigers. Go, go Tigers. Go uh, Tigers. And of course, thanks to our boy Joe Tawanski for allowing the show to be on JTN2 from, from now on. Uh, looking forward Thank to another Joe. good season of Oofsides. And uh, also, listen to the Fake Racers podcast if you like race car stuff where you can hear more of me. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. People want to hear more of you, <laughs> You know, that's a good question. The hard hit journalism. Yep. I guess we'll find out.